Welcome to the Sticks and Stones and Broken Bones podcast with Rock Valley Physical Therapy. When you're looking for solutions to pain, we are here to help. Whether success for you means lifting a grandchild, getting back to work, or simply walking up the stairs without pain, Rock Valley Physical Therapy is here to help with compassionate, expert clinicians whose goal is to make care as fun and easy as possible. Each episode, we will spend time learning from healthcare providers and patients in hopes of offering solutions to your own aches and pains. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Sticks and Stones and Broken Bones podcast with Rock Valley PT. This is your host, Sam Huey. I am recording out of the Waukee, Iowa location right now. Um, I apologize for the lack of episodes over the last couple months. I've had a busy couple months. Rock Valley has been extremely busy. We actually just expanded into Nebraska, which is super exciting, but but's left a lot of work for a lot of us. So I've rededicated myself. I actually took a podcasting class last week, so I'm rededicating myself to getting back on in the routine with this stuff. So um, thanks for hanging with us. And today I've got one of Rock Valley's most experienced um, therapists in the realm of workman's compensation, employee wellness, ergonomics, and in that arena, something I don't do a ton of. So I'm looking forward to hearing what, um, what he can teach us today. Uh, Larry Radigan is here. Can you introduce yourself a little bit, Larry? Thanks for being here. Uh, thanks, Sam. I uh, appreciate you having me on. And um, yeah, I mean, as our, our company, we start to getting some of these guys closer to retirement, I, I, I'm creeping up to uh, being one of the most experienced. So um, kind of hanging on there a little bit longer. But uh, yeah, so for me, um, I've been with the company for about 29 years. Uh, started in a small clinic. Uh, where we did a lot of workman's comp, ergonomics, uh, went on and looked at a lot of uh, job simulation activities. So naturally kind of was interested in understanding what the jobs were and, and what they look like so we can simulate those jobs. Just naturally uh, transitioned into me learning a little bit more about ergonomics um, and treating that way. So I got an opportunity to work a little bit more outside the clinic and with companies directly where where those injuries happen and really identifying, um, you know, the aggravating factors, you know, what are people doing on a daily basis, not only at work, but at home, that all plays a factor. So when you're a therapist, uh, you really understand that when you have 40 minutes to treat somebody, you know, are you really uh, understanding what they can do out, what they're doing outside of work? Uh, at home, as well as at work and those aggravating factors. So really uh, enjoy doing that part of things. Yeah, that's a great point. If you think of the, in the scheme of the whole week, the little amount of time we actually get to spend with that patient, it's much more important what they're doing at home, at work, outside of our 40 minutes that, that adds up and puts strain on the body, right? It, it certainly does. Uh, my mother was a nurse. My father was a mechanic. So I really like to learn where everything came from. Um, and, and really identifying that. So uh, I think we get frustrated when we're not making somebody better as a therapist. And then you have to step back and ask, what are you doing? What, you know, when you're looking at your phones on the daily basis and you're having headaches and postures, uh, when you're working at work and where are you putting everything in your workstation that can probably pull you into a bad posture and you're not really thinking about it. So um, yeah, it really makes a big difference if you can just take a pause Am I really helping this person um, the other 23 uh, hours a day uh, on what they're doing? Yeah, and a lot of that is education. 
you know, work workman's comp and workplace safety is a is a broad, broad topic. But Larry and I spoke a little bit and we decided to kind of hone that in today on office ergonomics, um, probably a topic that's about a year and a half overdue since everybody's office place is out of sorts. But um, Larry, why don't you kind of give us a brief overview of, you know, office versus industry ergonomics, and then we can hone in on office specifically. Yeah, I think, um, you know, you really evaluate things kind of the same way, whether it's an industry or, or an office, uh, you have some common things that you, you look at, um, you really look at efficiency versus effort. You want to be more efficient with, with what you're doing. Uh, you, you look at employee habits versus the workstation design. Um, some people don't know that what they're doing. So we really look at how they're setting things up on, on a regular basis. Uh, you know, what kind of clutter do they have, right? Though all those things, we're confident that, you know, posture is probably the number one thing in an office setting um, that we have to look at. And, and you're more of a static position where industry you might be up moving around a little bit. So I separate things from, you know, sometimes you need active, what we call active rest in the office place and then more uh, passive rest in, in the industry. But outside of that, evaluating uh, the workstation uh, and, and the employee habits are really, you know, somewhere in the middle, the, those postures, those, those deviations, those risk, uh, the things that the aggravating factors fall in between. It's rarely one or the other. Uh, it's usually falls in between. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting different set of challenges, right? The, the industry workers up moving frequently, the office workers the complete opposite. So how do you find that happy medium? Um, this is off topic and I'm sorry if I catch you off guard here, but you know, I think a hot topic in office ergonomics is kind of the, the trendy items you can buy to improve your posture. Um, you know, maybe some of that's a little gimmicky, maybe some of it's not. Are there some items that you've found that tend to work to help people with those, uh, whether it's posture or remembering to move? Yeah, so the, so the kind of a little bit on that, you know, I, I got a lot of my on-site work at Han and H&I in Muscatine, and they're, they really are an office building chairs, tables, desk, anything that, you know, along those lines. So I got an opportunity to really look at some of those products that they have um, you know everybody assumes I need a, a new chair uh, they all they feel like I need you know the latest and greatest craze is the the sit stand stations or the, the adjustable sit stations you've heard the ball that you sit on you know that makes a better position um, there is not a chair and I, I always go with this there's not a chair out there that's going to allow you to sit eight hours a day uninterrupted and have no symptoms it's just not not out there and you know so we have to implement a lot of things so we talk about the sit stand station uh you know you really have to evaluate the, the employees habits and how they're working uh, for instance you know those workstations that sit on your desk that you can elevate they really are good for your back and and allow it but if you somebody that, that uses a lot of paperwork that writes a lot and you're in standing position you have no support on your arms and it really makes your upper traps work a lot harder, but then you're bending them more because you're bending and writing stuff and, you're, and your phones aren't on there. So you're bending and reaching for your phones. So people want that, that desk because it's neat and it's adjustable and it really helps with your back, but it doesn't fit for everybody. Um, you know, and, and the same thing goes with chairs. You know, there's so many different depth. Um, you know, some of the table, the desks that are, are pretty fixed desk 
And, and so you try to get a chair that fits in there with arms to get some support. And it, uh, it creates more problems because your, your feet are dangling. So it cuts circulation off on your legs. Um, they may just need a, a foot rest. So you, you can't just say, I need this. You know, it has to have multiple adjustments um, it, because you have to look at the whole office. Additionally, I look at, you know, things like ventilation, you know, everything that pulls you into a poor posture and, and I'm getting off the, the latest and greatest stuff, but it goes into the whole COVID, you know, I call the COVID office, which is at home is, you know, ventilations uh, where that, the, the, um, the, you know, the lighting comes from, it might come from a, an open window um, it might come from a, a, a overhead light that causes glare that's going to cause you to bend forward and keep your head forward posture. So we have to look at that. You know, people in the wintertime, they're going to talk about uh, I'm cold all the time. So they have this heater that's sitting under their desk and it blows up hot air and it just dries their eyes out and makes you squint. It feeds into a lot of different things. So, um, yeah, you have to look at the whole workstation. It can't just say what's the latest and greatest uh, design uh, of, you know, uh, the desk or the chair, um, you know, keyboards, these ergonomic keyboards. You can't just buy the ergonomic keyboard and expect that to be the, the answer. Yeah, and it brings to mind, I have this discussion often with patients is like you said, there is no perfect chair. There's no, there's no perfect posture even, right? Like nobody's ever documented or recorded what perfect posture means or is because our, our bodies are meant to be moving, right? So yep. any static position that you hold for hours at a time, whether it's standing, sitting, somewhere in between, it, it's more about can we adjust that posture throughout the day? Can we get up and move a little bit? Are there a few stretches, right? I mean, what kinds of things like that do you teach your, your office workers maybe to, to try to incorporate into their day? Yeah, I, I, I used the term 20 and 2, right? We always like the things that just stick out and, and help us remind. So 28 and 2, every 28 minutes, you stand up and you do something different. And it goes to even your eyes. You know, your eyes, it's so focused on working at a 24 to 48-inch static stare uh, of your computer that you want to look at your watch. You know, move those eyeballs to a you know, really close location. You're stretching those the eye muscles out a little bit. You're looking across the room. Uh, at a far distance, re, really refocusing those eyes is a simple thing. Getting up and, you know, walking around corner stretches, you know, I think people get really tight hips uh, when they when they sit at a desk uh, for a long period of time. So there's a, a variety of different postural things that I think, you know, physical therapists generally um, uh, teach somebody with neck problems or back problems or, you know, upper extremity problems that go into it but they, they, they're not in the habit of, of doing it on a regular basis. So having your phone, you you know, kind of key, key up some of those stretches and, and moving a little bit more frequently. The other thing that um, comes to mind is we tend to put everything so close to us so we don't have to get up, right? Like your printers and, and your copier papers and your files. So you find yourself twisting and, and bending and reaching for things so you don't have to get up. So sometimes placing things further away, going to the copier machine, uh, a printer, a file, make those a little bit more distant so you don't have to think about it. It's natural just to get up and go get, get it. So 
that's the same thing with industry. Sometimes we, we try to be more efficient by keeping close. Sometimes you, you just move a little bit farther to where you have to step. Um, so that's some of the common things that we talk about. Yeah, I love that 28 and 2 rule. It's just easy to remember. You know, I think oftentimes it may, we may give our patients the perfect stretch. It might be the right stretch for them, but if they're doing it one or twice, once or twice a day for 30 seconds, it's not going to yep. counteract the rest of the day when they're sitting in poor posture, right? Yep. Um, one of the big things I also look at is the work zones. Okay. We talk about a primary, secondary, and tertiary zones. Those are things that, you know, you really have to evaluate what you use on a regular basis. You know, your keyboards, your mouse, um, and, you know, are things that you want to put in that, that, that zone that's really close to you where you don't, it doesn't cause you to bend at the waist and your arms can be in a good position. Things like pictures, things like uh, paper clips, um, you know, your water bottle that you may not use as often. Um, you put a little bit further away so it doesn't, it's not cluttered. It's not, you're not reaching for it. If you're putting things like your phone, if you're somebody that uses a phone a lot, if it caught, if it's in a tertiary zone, it's really farther away, it's just going to pull you forward a lot more. So putting those things, so really evaluating, making a task list, and what do I use a lot? Put those things mostly used in that that primary zone. And there's things, you know, those are pretty easy to look up and how those zones are defined, um, you know, on the internet. So those are pretty easy. And so that's that's a big one. Ergonomics is really setting things up to where you don't have to think about it. It's naturally in a, in a position where when you're thinking about a task, the, the movements are natural for you and don't cause you to go in a poor posture or out of, out of, of a comfortable zone. I'm lucky I don't spend a whole lot of time at my desk, Larry, because it's more like the danger zone here. <laughs> it is a cluttered mess, man, I tell you what. But uh, you've inspired me to do some cleaning, I think. Uh, you'd be surprised. I, I've done some avowals and, and you can't even find their keyboard <laughs> in their mouse because it's just put stuff there and um, I, I did a vow in one place one time and, and it was in an office and the, the employees had to walk past their chair to go to the bathroom. There was one bathroom in the whole place. And so they had to walk past them. So this employee was constantly scooting their, her chair out of the way just to, to um, get in and, and get to the restrooms. And there was, you know, it happened fairly regularly. So. And yeah. she was keeping tabs on how many times everyone went to the restroom that day too, probably, huh? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and one more thing, which reminds me too, is, you know, from a, from a therapy standpoint, we want balance. We want balance. We want rotation, say with neck rotation left, neck rotation right. Do we have the same range of motion on our, on our, on our back or hips or neck? You know, sometimes you have an office mate that is constantly to your left that you're conversation with. So all day, every day, you're just constantly looking to the left. And so you get more range of motion to the left, but maybe not to the right. So how is that work? How are you, you know, don't just look at your workstation, but you know, how you converse with your employees, um, you know, how, how you set it up to if you have somebody in front of you that you're going to talk to, or you're looking around your computer because it's right in front of you and those things do happen. Um, so, and then how often are you looking at your phone, right? Our breaks are... You know, what do we do when we take a break from our office? We look at our phones, you know, and we're sitting. So we're even in worse posture. And then when we go home, what was the first thing we do? So we're spending, 
you know, 14 hours a day on the computer, even though you're at, or some type of electronic device. Um, so we have to evaluate those things nowadays as well. Yeah, it's interesting. It sounds like in theory, the office should be one of the most controllable work environments really, right? But one of, it sounds like one of the more challenging ones to truly treat. It is, it is, you know, and I'm, I'm guilty of one of those situations where you get in a project and, and you would just want to get it done. And so you stay there and four hours later, you haven't moved. So that's the challenge. Yep. People get in the zone and they don't want to stop and stretch or move or go to the bathroom, right? Yeah. Yeah. So in your, in your practice, how, how much of your day is spent, you know, evaluating people's workplaces or is that something you do once a week, once a day? What's, what's that look like for you? So, so I do all sorts of evaluations, right? I have a, a couple companies that they want us to evaluate every one of their jobs, a couple industries, so 400 jobs. And so we're, whenever we get a chance, that might be, you know, just going in there and, and looking in that job. Um, you know, I get some referrals from doctors to say, uh, you know, that, hey, this person had, had a cervical fusion. They want to get back to work, but not sure that's set up to you know, in an office setting for them to be efficient at it or create some problems. Um, so that probably happens, you know, uh, you know, probably several times a month. Um, I do a lot of uh, consulting with the therapist and say, hey, have you looked at this? Uh, you know, can they send pictures? You know, sometimes it's it's tough to get to the, the home, or, you know, with COVID now or whatever. So they first start by sending pictures to me. And I generally I've seen hundreds, in, you know, of jobs and I can make some general, uh, you know, assessments based on that. If that doesn't work, they send videos. And if that doesn't work, I make an effort to get out to the workstation. So that generally, you know, it doesn't answer the, the how many I, I do. But, you know, what our goal is, again, my goal with any type of office ergonomics with whatever ailment is it back, is it your hips? Is it, um, is it a neck problem? Do you have headaches? Boy, we really got to dig into those aggravating factors. And so there's many ways to attack that. And, you know, I, you know, want patients to start to ask, Hey, you know, I have headaches. My, you know, it's, you know, they're treating me and it, it feels good at the time, but how can I get better? How can I improve my habits to minimize those, those symptoms? And so that's kind of how we want to get to and, and make it easy for you. Yeah. We've got just a couple minutes left here, but that, that brings a question to my mind is how does somebody know, you know, if they're getting headaches at work, right? What draws the line on that for somebody, whether that's, you know, is that work comp related? Is that personal insurance? Like what, what delineates that for somebody so they know? Yeah, that's, it's always a borderline uh, challenge um, to, to say, is it work comp? Is it not, not work comp? You know, because there's so many other factors involved to why somebody is it solely that their office workstation. So it's it's number one talking to your HR um, and see. Sometimes I just do in services. I come in and I, I'll do an in service and, and or just you know give away that service, right? Just so we can kind of see what we're dealing with and and if we think we can help help others within their company, then then we can talk about that as you know, maybe an in service or do a whole group type of thing, but. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want it to be a deterrent um, that is my insurance going to pay for it or, or not. You know, let's talk about it. Let's talk about your therapist. Let's consult about it. Let's give them some basic things to look at. 
And then if it leads to us going on site, we can kind of discuss, you know, what that's going to be, but don't use that. The cost as a deterrent to just learn the basics. Right. Yeah, that's great. Again, it sounds like a lot of education and kind of empowering the patient to take some control over the situation on their own too. So. Correct. Very good. Anything else that we didn't get to that we need to cover today before our, our next session together? You know, I don't think so. I think, you know, it's, it's supposed to stimulate a, a thought process. And, and like I said, looking beyond the clinic, right? I think that's the, really the big thing I want to be able to say is if I'm a therapist, if I'm a patient, and, you know, we tell them to ask more questions than the doctors, and sometimes they don't know those answers, what questions to ask. So, um, like I said, you know, how can they help themselves looking beyond, you know, the clinic and, and see what else we can do for them? Excellent. Well, thank you for coming on today. I think we're going to have another episode in the future with Larry, uh, maybe talking about industry ergonomics and some other uh, safety and preventative measures that we can take in the workplace for either ourselves or our employees, depending who you are listening. Larry, thanks for your time today. Appreciate having me, Sam. You bet. Thanks to everybody for listening. Remember to check out our, our website, rockvalleypt.com, and our Facebook for more information about Rock Valley and our employer health services. Rock Valley has over 50 locations serving Iowa, Illinois, and Nebraska. Our employees live out our tagline every day with the goal of making better lives. 